Hello and welcome to a Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the consecration to St. Joseph. My name is Father Adam Potter and today is day 11. I'm excited because today we take a look at considering just how old St. Joseph was. And we're also going to take a deeper look at the spousal or marital relationship between Joseph and Mary. If you're ready, let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, Grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. A hymn to St. Joseph. O Joseph, heavenly hosts your worthiness proclaim, and Christendom conspires to celebrate your fame. You who in purest bond were to the virgin bound, how glorious is your name renowned. You, when you did behold your spouse about to bear, were sore oppressed with doubt, were filled with wondering care. At length the angel's word, your anxious heart relieved, she by the Spirit had conceived. You with your newborn Lord did seek far Egypt's land. As wandering pilgrims you fled o'er the desert sand. That Lord, when lost by you, is in the temple found, while tears are shed and joys abound. Not till death's hour is passed do other men obtain the gain of holiness and glory glorious rest attain you like to angels made and life completely blessed now clasp your god unto your breast o holy trinity your suppliant servant spare grant us to rise to heaven for joseph's sake and prayer and so our grateful hearts to you shall ever raise exalting canticles of praise amen prayer to saint joseph patron of chaste souls St. Joseph, Father and Guardian of Virgins, into whose faithful keeping were entrusted innocence itself, Christ Jesus and Mary, the Virgin of Virgins, I pray and beseech thee, through Jesus and Mary, those pledges so dear to thee, to keep keep me from all uncleanness, and to grant that my mind may be untainted, my heart pure, and my body chaste. Help me always to serve Jesus and Mary in perfect chastity. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Well, so glad to, to be with you. Today is day 11, which means that we are one-third of the way through on our journey. So, congratulations. It's not nothing. It's a, a benchmark that I think is a good opportunity to pause and just to be grateful for the journey so far and to appreciate there's a needed dedication an investment in this. And so uh, I just want to thank God for you and and that dedication and and choosing to do it Um, day in, day out. Maybe you missed a day. Hopefully uh, you're still here. It means you got got back on the horse, right? Uh, To keep going. So yeah, praise the Lord to to persevere and to keep going and uh, yeah, being open to all the graces that the Lord has in store. Okay, so on this benchmark, we're going to have what I hope is a, a great episode. This is about St. Joseph and first considering how old do we think that he was? Do you have an image? If I were to ask you, and maybe especially before you started this consecration, what was the image that you had of St. Joseph? How old was he in his 
facial features and his, um, yeah, considering how tall he was, considering um, was he a bigger man, big bone, or maybe more slender? What about his age? What about his age? Was he middle age? Was he later middle age? Or was he old? Was he really, really old? Has Have any of you ever considered that he was young? The proposal today is that maybe he wasn't old at all, but young and strong and virile and courageous and this true warrior of the Blessed Mother and of his son. Oftentimes we have our, we get our images of these different biblical characters from sacred art or other sorts of movies and things like that that we've seen. And it's interesting because looking through the church's history, there have been, for the most part, depictions of St. Joseph where he's old. And sometimes not just old, but old, old. Um, maybe I'll call it um, stale and dilapidated. I don't know, right? But why? Why? It's, it doesn't say in scripture. There isn't necessarily a strong tradition. I think there are some apocryphal writings that might indicate one way or another. Um, there isn't a definitive answer here. So let's speculate or let's consider first, why would Joseph be considered to be old? And one reason is that his old age would be a consideration of a way that Joseph was able to protect Mary's perpetual virginity. This belief that Mary was not just a virgin before giving birth, but not just during giving birth, but even after she gave birth, that her virginity, her integrity of her sexual purity was maintained throughout her entire life as she embodies the model disciple who gave all of herself to the Lord and allowed the Lord to bless her and fill her with his very life. Um, and so the, the thinking is, and this, I, th- I think many men would cons- consider this, this really unfair task. Like, Lord, you allow me to marry the most beautiful woman on the world and I can't have these marital relations with her? Is that torture? Are you trying to kill me? And we can think of this like idea of a young married man as um, being really disappointed if it was Joseph. So maybe to safeguard that will make him really old. Or maybe um, we might be tempted to ask, is that Joseph's dad or granddad? Consider a new look at this, right? That to protect Mary's virginity and, and to protect Mary's virginity, that Joseph didn't need to be old such that he didn't have any emotions or passions or impulses, but that he actually was young in a way that he had full control of his passions. What do I mean? This is about seeing Joseph through the lens of chastity. Chastity, it's this ability to love with the fullness of who I am in the truth of the relationship that I'm in. Chastity, right? Oftentimes we think about it as a negative. We think about it as an inability to do this activity or this really fun thing. Or, But it, that would be to get chastity and virtue wrong. For virtue is not about just saying no to these things or saying no to myself, but chastity is an ability to choose and pursue what is good and true and beautiful. What about the emotions? Don't those play a part? It's like, yes, of course. Passions, emotions, I'll use those interchangeably, feelings. They do play a part and they're not good or bad in and of themselves, but 
what makes them good or bad is what do we do with them? Right? And today in the world, we might say that, ah, young people are, they're animals and they can't say no. Boys will be boys, right? As the saying went. The world will also say that freedom then is the ability to do whatever you want, whenever you want, with whomever you want, and just make sure you don't tell me no, that I can't do anything. But there is this saying, right? That if you do whatever you want to do, that there will come a day whenever you find yourself doing what you never thought you would. Consider true freedom is actually the ability to seek what is good and to then choose it as well, right? That if I can't say no to myself, then I'm not actually free, but a slave to the world or to the flesh or to my passions and emotions. Christ came to set us free, free, not so that uh, we can um, do whatever we want, but so that we can do what is good. So that our passions, our emotions, our feelings are there, but not in a way that control us, but through self-control, self-mastery, we might have control over them and allow them to be this expression of a gift of myself in true authentic love. This is why I think it's beautiful in terms of chastity when we look at marriage. St. Paul tells his husbands, love your wives. Okay, how? Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. How does Christ love his bride, the church? Well, it's seen on the cross as he gives all of himself, sparing nothing. It's not about what he can get, but it's about what he can give. And it's this that is the model for every single husband. Is it, is it a high task? Yes, which is why to love this way We don't rely on our own willpower or strength or fortitude, perseverance. We rely on the grace and mercy of God to give us that freedom to love. What does marital love look like? A love that isn't just a feeling, but it's a choice. It's about wanting what's best for the spouse. It's about wanting what's good for them. I want you to get to heaven. This is actually the task The one I say to all my married couples, you have one job and it's to get your spouse to heaven. You can have the greatest, most successful of marriages according to the world. You can have all of these different accomplishments, all of these different adventures, be respected by all these people. Maybe you're blessed with many children, right? Great. But if you don't get your spouse to heaven, if you show up before God um, empty handed, you failed. You failed, right? It's this that is what your relationship is about. So the end of marriage is actually not just the other, but it's Jesus, right? Even to put that more clearly, the end of marriage is not sex. It's not. That's not what romantic love is about. No, that's a part of it. But the end is actually a true union that reflects the very life of the Trinity. That God made man in his image and likeness, male and female, he created them. That in the mystery of the male and female complementarity, we image God in his Trinitarian communion of love that's so free, so total, so faithful, so fruitful, that there's actually a third person between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is what marital love is supposed to 
witness, an image. Can we see now how Joseph, even in a youthful, virile, strong, courageous, heroic way, would have been free to love Mary and the truth of who she was in perfect chastity in a way that says, I want you to be fully alive, fully happy, and to have Jesus. I want Jesus for you more than I want my own pleasure, my own consolation, or my own gratification. Like, I want you to be so in love with Jesus. And Joseph was free to do that and to truly sacrifice, for it was a sacrifice to offer up marital marital relations so that she could be as free as possible to love Jesus truly present in their midst. This is this gets to the heart of the mystery of why Jesus will say that in heaven, men and women are neither married nor given in marriage. Now, sometimes that hits married couples different way. Like, woohoo, <laughs> I'm free. It's like, no, you don't get to be away from your spouse in heaven. N- no, and, and that shouldn't bring sadness either. Like, what? This person that I love my whole life, I'm not going to be married to them in heaven No, the idea that Jesus is bringing us to is, again, this idea that marital love is supposed to image not just the life of the Trinity, but it's supposed to image this unitive love that each and every one of us are meant to have with God. And that's not a physical reality. It's not a sexual reality, but it's a union at the deepest level of the person that we will be able to experience forever in heaven. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus we're able to experience in, in a very real way, heaven all the way to heaven, for heaven was in their midst as God became man and dwelt among us. It's in this that we see that Joseph was able to freely love Mary in just the fullness of who she was in a way that wasn't seeking to grasp or seize or control or possess, but just to give. I want what's best for you. I want you to love the Lord with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Beautiful, huh? Joseph, spouse of the mother of God, pray for us, right? I was thinking about this. This is just the the final point of considering that Joseph, who was a just man, embodied the fullness of a righteousness of God. Even to see this as a fulfillment of a life of virtue. So that in his spousal love, he would have embodied and fulfilled everything that scripture says about Husbands loving their wives and, and that love. And so here's just a couple things that jumped out to me. I was thinking about Proverbs 31 that says, who can find a good wife? I think a, a lot of men, single men can relate to who can find a, I just want to find a good wife. And when I do find her, it says she's far more precious than jewels, more than money can buy. And then the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. To think about this, especially from the perspective of men that can just be very consumed with success, worldly things, different objects, and being very um, caught up in all of it, right? And yet, in an encounter with true, authentic, beautiful love, men are able to come out of themselves and lack for nothing now that their heart has been captured. And instead of maybe a knee-jerk reaction to always protect my heart and never let anybody in, never be vulnerable, never have any risk of getting hurt, No, when I find truly a beautiful, worthy receptor, a man is able to give away um, his heart. 
I don't mean to reduce a woman to a receptor, no, but I just mean in the in who she is as a as a person, she's saying, I'm trustworthy. You can trust me with yourself. Sirach 26 says, happy is the husband of a good wife. The number of his days will be doubled. Simple enough, but profound. That the husband of a good wife, he's happy. <laughs> there are just a lot of people who are anxious, sad, depressed in this world. But having a good wife brings happiness, fulfillment. That I know who I am. And especially in this idea of a vocation that I've found what God is calling me to, who God is calling me to, how he's calling me to get to heaven in this, I can give everything and find this fullness of who I'm meant to be. We can just see in all the beautiful ways how Joseph was able to experience this, a true happiness, and not even in a way that would be preoccupied with the sacrifices or the cost, but it's actually in these sacrifices, married couples, if you're listening, right, that it's actually in and through the sacrifices that we're able to experience a fullness of love that maybe we didn't even imagine or know was possible or within me. Um, beautiful, right? We would never wish sufferings or anything on onto ourselves or another person. And yet, uh, when they do come and seeing the light of faith, we can see them as great gifts and opportunities to love with a love that comes from the heart of God. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Litany of St. Joseph. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the Mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the Virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the Son of God, pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Joseph most just, pray for us. Joseph most chaste, pray for us. Joseph most prudent, pray for us. Joseph most courageous, pray for us. Joseph most obedient, pray for us. Joseph most faithful, pray for us. Mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen, pray for us. Glory of domestic life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted, pray for us. Hope of the sick, pray for us. Patron of dying, pray for us. Terror of demons, pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church, pray for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household, 
and prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in your loving providence chose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector, you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Through the intercession of the most chaste heart of Joseph and the immaculate heart of Mary, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, friends, praise the Lord as we uh, complete this first third and enter into the second third tomorrow. It's been a gift for me to be with you and hopefully it's been a gift to you too. Uh, As always, I would just say if if it has, if you've enjoyed this so far, please um, like, comment, subscribe to this podcast. If you're interested to learn more about Dry Bones Ministries or support us, check out our website, drybonespgh.org. And let's keep one another in prayer. God bless you, and St. Joseph, pray for us.